Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I'm excited that you're here again this week. And uh, if you are not aware, we are in the middle of a mini series where we're talking about change. Specifically, we're talking about when the Lord is bringing an end to something in your life. In other words, there's change in the air. In this mini-series, we're covering how to know if God is changing things in your life, how to hear his voice. And in this week's episode, we're going to talk about putting footsteps toward following God's leadership in your life. So this is the third installment of this four-part uh, series that, that we're talking about embracing change. And if you haven't, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, um, they do kind of build upon one another. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to episode one so that you really kind of get an idea of the heartbeat behind this mini series. But when we talk about putting footsteps toward following God's leadership in your life, when you when you really begin to see and just sense that there's change in the air, I you know feel like God is changing some things. Um, a season of my life is coming to an end, or you know this door is closing. God is finished with this part of my life. Whatever that might be for you, follow the word follow is actually a verb <laughs> to all my grammar friends out there. It, it's a verb. In other words, it's an action word. So I think that when we talk about faith has has feet and following the Lord's leadership in your life, it, when it comes to change, you know, we talked a little bit about last week, what if you're not getting a clear yes or no? There's not a hard no. There's not a really clear yes. You just kind of feel like, I don't know, I've been really praying about this. I've maybe fasted about this. You have spent some time seeking the Lord and waiting for confirmation. You've maybe even sought out trusted, wise counsel in your life. And it just, uh, you just feel like, I don't know. <laughs> He's not really giving me a hard no, but I don't really feel like I have a clear yes yet. Last week, in last week's episode, I especially talked about how I have found uh, approaching the, that part of my faith and making decisions in decision um, has served my faith walk well. How I approach that when I feel like okay, I know that there's change in the air. I can see clearly that door is closing. This is coming to an end. God is removing this out of my life. You know, for whatever reason, we talked about that in episode one, just some, some ways that maybe you can sense that God is bringing a change in your life. And, and yet when I, when I think about, okay, so the Lord is, is bringing this change and I feel like I've heard his voice, but I, and I feel like it's time for me to make a decision in this particular area of my life. And I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like 
he's not really giving me a hard no, but he's not necessarily giving me the green light either. And so I don't know what to do. And it's making me feel stuck and it's making me feel so indecisive. And I don't know, I want to step out, but I'm afraid to step out. We talked about that last week. I I let you in on a, a little bit of how I approach that. And in that approach, what I have found that has served my faith walk really well over the past 30 years. So if that would resonate with you today, if that feels like, yes, that is where I'm at. You just nailed it. That is where I'm at. Go back and listen to last week's episode where I talked about what to do if you feel like you're kind of in limbo, you know, like he's not giving you that hard, that hard no, and but there's no real clear green light either. I will say this, that fear holds us back most often. Would that, would you agree with that? I mean, we're human, right? I too have felt that like fear of, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, if I, if I step out and, and what if it's, I miss God's timing and what if I'm stepping ahead of him, you know, all of those different things, these thoughts that, that just start ruminating in our minds. And, and I, I have to, I have to just train my mind really well and really understand that, you know what, being paralyzed and immobilized by fear is not God's heart for me. It is not his will for me. And it isn't for you either. He doesn't want you to feel hindered and held back and paralyzed by fear. You know, the fear of the what ifs and even fear of change itself are two of the biggest fears that we bump up against when we can see that God is changing some things up in our lives. Does that resonate with you? Have you felt those things? I know that I'm I'm not the only one out there. I know it's not my own sad story, but I just want you to know that I have been there countless times. So again, really just the heartbeat behind this mini series is helping you to not only recognize if God is changing some things in your life, how to how to hear his voice. And, and it, like I said earlier in this episode, I want to talk to you about just some practical ways to begin putting some footsteps to following his leadership in your life. I think that number one, let's talk about the fear of what ifs. The fear of what ifs. In other words, we I think that if we get stuck in the fear of what ifs and oh, I don't know, what if this happens and what about that and you know, all of that kind of thing, that right there is going to produce indecision, right? Because we we we're kind of like hanging out in that middle ground of, I I want to step forward, but I'm afraid of that. And I don't know. And so indecision kind of keeps us in this holding pattern. I was reminded as I was preparing for this week's episode about uh, a few years ago when I was on a, a personal prayer retreat. I tend to do that every fall. Uh, once a year, every fall, I take take some time away from just anything ministry related. I take some time away from my phone and schedule and I go off by myself for a few days to just seek the heart of the Lord for the upcoming year. And this particular year, I went to a campground that hosts different faith-based type 
events. So like, like youth groups will maybe have an event there over the summer, like maybe, you know, a, a camp of some kind. And there's retreats and different things that are held there, but they have specifically set aside for, for clergy or for people who are specifically looking for kind of a, a more prayerful type environment. They have what's referred to as prayer cabins. And so I rented one of those prayer cabins and they have different on the site, they have different obstacle type things that are geared for helping like for example youth leaders um, help their teens with kind of just overcoming um, fear you know they're kind of fear type exercises and building trust you know you you've maybe heard of kind of like falling backwards and and just really trusting <laughs> that the people that are going to catch you they're actually going to catch you so it builds trust you know and it's helping you to overcome mistrust and fear. So you kind of see where we're going here. Well, one of the obstacles that they have there is climbing like high ropes and, and they have a, like a, a telephone pole, an actual telephone pole that you, that you can climb. And once you get to the top of it, you are supposed to jump off of the electrical pole, the, the phone pole or whatever you want to call it, and ring this bell as you leap, make the leap off of the off of the pole, you ring the bell and you descend to the ground. <laughs> I don't know. Does that make you feel fearful? Are you afraid of heights? <laughs> and so I thought I would give it a whirl. I'm a risk taker by nature, but I'll tell you something. Something. That exercise taught me so much about overcoming fear and taught me a lesson about indecision and how fear can paralyze us and how indecision can keep us in a holding pattern and just really trusting and and just this it was just such a, a powerful moment in in my life that really helped kind of um, bolster my faith and that was so many years ago and here I am talking about it still today so you can tell that it was very impactful for me so just to kind of give you an idea here so you're on the ground and you know safety is is there is there one of their biggest goals <laughs> they want to keep you safe and so which is great so you have to you know put on put on the helmet you have to wear a helmet and you have to be suited up in like a harness and so it you know goes over over your um, your shoulders and your like upper body area, and then it's also around like the upper part of your thighs, so kind of where um, like your your leg and your hip would meet. So, and then they are connected with. I don't know, whatever, kind of like a, a really large hook, kind of, <laughs> I don't know what they're called, um, in the middle, and then off to the sides of that, you are connected to kind of like a like ropes, if you will, um, not like twine ropes, but like really kind of sturdy climbing type ropes. I don't know, someone out there that is really great at rock climbing and all that, you're going to know all that terminology. But and then there are what what are called belays who hold the end of of those climbing ropes 
to help you reach the ground after you after you jump <laughs> from the top of the pole to help you in you know and just guiding you to to the ground so that you don't just land like splat on on the ground so um so i i climbed to the top and you know i just have to say that i think that you know first the the first couple of steps they were they were pretty, pretty simple. I mean, why? Because I was lower to the ground, right? So if I, if I fell, it really wouldn't have that great of an impact because I was close to the ground. Well, the further I climbed up that telephone pole, the further the ground got away. And so I, I realized that, you know, I can't keep looking down. I have to keep my eyes looking forward. I have to keep my eyes looking up. And isn't that a great faith booster right there, right? We can draw something from that for, for our lives, right? We, we can't look at the things that are going on around us. We have to stay focused um, on God, right? Focus above, <laughs> keep our focus on him, he who is above us, right? And so I finally get to the top of this pole. And, you know, next time when you're out driving around, or maybe right now, you know, you can look out your your window if you're listening to this episode while maybe you're doing laundry or, you know, cleaning the house or whatever. And you can see telephone poles, the very top of them. There's not a whole lot of space up there. <laughs> I mean, really, truly to put two feet and then to stand on top of it. There's not a whole lot of give there. It's like incredible and to put one foot on the top of of that pole while you still have your your other foot on the last rung as you were climbing up that pole and then to use the strength in your leg to um kind of push you up and then to stand on top of that pole it was really something <laughs> i mean it was like wow and so eventually i made it and i was standing straight up on top of that telephone pole but i remember standing up there and the ground seemed like a really long ways away <laughs> and, um and and just knowing that okay so i'm up here and so i have a decision to make i can either turn around and try to climb back down but even that decision would have taken a lot of effort and an element of faith because I would have had to have squat back down and try to find my footing on the rung that was behind me or I could just stand there on top of that pole or I could take the leap ring the bell trust the bellets and um, I would, you know, put my feet back on the ground. And I remember standing up there for, for uh, just, you know, a couple of minutes and thinking about, wow, this is really real. And this is where I'm at. And, and this is, this is what's before me. These are the decisions that I have to make. And I remember the, the the belays on the on the bottom the people that were holding my climbing ropes and they were so significant in really keeping me focused and spurring me on and and just really bolstering me with courage because from the ground 
I could hear them all the way on the top of that pole telling me, you got this, Susan, you can do this. You have come so far. You can do it. Um, we believe in you. We've got you. I mean, all of these incredible things that really bolstered my courage. And, you know, even that we can pull out and apply to our faith, the importance of healthy community, who you surround yourself with, especially in a season of change. And when, when things are changing, and God is moving you in a different direction, the people who you allow in a, um, in a you know, close proximity to you and who you allow to speak into your life, not only, I guess, in a season of change, but in any area of your life is really, really critical. It's really important. I just cannot stress that enough. So anyway, I took the plunge, rang the bell and descended to the ground and it was just it was such a powerful moment for me. I I will never, ever forget that. So, so powerful. But what I want to talk to you today about is, is that, that piece of indecision. Because did you know that if you can reframe indecision and really begin to look at indecision is actually a decision. Indecision is actually you making a decision. And I think that that is really important to understand because oftentimes when we think about indecision, we kind of think, well, I'm really not, I'm really not, you know, doing anything. I'm, I'm not, you know, going forward and I'm not going backward and I, I'm okay. You know, this is okay, but actually indecision you're actually making a decision. You know, I think that indecision has different components to it. One of them is is autopilot. You know, we're just kind of doing things because, well, I don't know. I, I just, um, I don't know why I do it. I, I just do it actually. Well, that could be a part of indecision. Indecision can also can also look like not knowing what's ahead. You know, there's, there's uncertainty maybe. And so, so you're, you just feel stuck in, in indecision, indecision in also uh, like you're looking for the, the situation and, and the, the circumstances to be perfect before you take your first step. You maybe want all of the answers to your questions. You have a lot of questions and because you you do feel uncertain and there's there's a fear of, I don't know what's ahead. This is new territory for me. This is uncharted. I've never been there before. And so it's understandable to have those fears and to have those questions. But man, indecision will keep you stuck if you're waiting for everything to line up and and you will have proof before before you step out that everything is going to turn out okay because here's the thing you and I can't take steps three and four if we're first not willing to take steps one and two Remember my example in climbing that that telephone pole, right? If I wanted to get to the middle of the pole, steps three and four, I first needed to make a decision to put to take one foot off the 
off the ground and put it on step one, right? And then step two, and then step three, and then step four. Steps three and four will feel a little better because we can look back and we can see progress. In other words, I've, you know, I've made it this far. And so far, you know, things are going okay. And I can look back and, and I can see that some of the things that maybe I was afraid of in taking steps one and two, they weren't really so bad, or maybe they didn't happen at all. And so it kind of emboldens our faith and it gives us confidence to keep going forward. But it's that initial step, that initial step, a decision to take the first step that often stalls us. Why is that? Have you ever wondered that? If you feel like that right now, what is it about that initial first step that stalls you, that stalls a lot of us, really, not just you, but a lot of us, it's because there's not much progress yet. There's not much progress yet. There's not, there's not anything to look back and you can, you can trace your steps up to that point and say, well, I've made it this far. And so, you know, I'm going to be okay. So that the, the level of confidence and the success and the kind of overcoming the fears that you had at steps three and four, they're not there yet because you're still in indecision to make step one. But when we look at our faith, okay, because we're people of faith, and when we look at serving the Lord and how he has come through in our lives, countless, countless times, you know, I was just saying to God the other day, I was praying about something specific in my life, and I was actually thanking him for the past 30 years of walking with him and my faith walk and how grateful I am for all of the faith miles that I have logged with him and all the experience that I have had with God in the hard times, in the challenging times where my faith was really put to the flame and I was really just having to hang on to hope, hang on to faith. And I I could see that my faith was being was being stretched and how God came through for me in those other areas. And because I know that God doesn't change and he promises I am the same yesterday, today and forever. Well, I can look back and I can see that, you know what, God has a track record in my life. He has a track record of showing up every time I need him. He has a track record of being faithful every single step I've ever taken, whether it was step one or step five, step 10, step 20, even today, 30 years later, I can look back over the past 30 years and I can see that God has a track record in my life and that when I have trusted him with the decisions that I'm that I'm making and some of them by faith, right? Some of the decisions that we make are are by faith. And you know, especially when when we feel like I I don't have a hard no and I don't necessarily have a, a bright green light, but I'm gonna step out anyway because stepping out helps us to find out, right? Sometimes sometimes faith sometimes faith is stepping out to find out and faith has an element 
element of risk to it. And even when I have stepped out and maybe I stepped in the wrong direction or I stepped out and realized, ooh, I think I stepped before God or that didn't go the way I thought or maybe I made a mistake or something. You know what? Can we begin to reframe that and make friends with making mistakes? Can we begin to make friends with with failure? Because those types of things are really opportunities for us to grow. And we begin to see that God is faithful. And you know what? Our God allows U-turns. <laughs> Our God allows U-turns. And so if we if we step out and his Holy Spirit, again, go back to last week's last week's episode, we step out and the Holy Spirit um, just brings a little bit of prompting to us and a conviction to us and says, you know what, this isn't quite the direction that I have for you or the timing wasn't right or, you know, whatever the situation might be. Okay, so, well, God, so show me what direction you want me to take. Show me, speak to my heart what you want me to do. Thank you for this opportunity because it is allowing me to grow. It's allowing me to stretch my faith and to see you work all things out for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. Isn't that beautiful? Can you look back today and see that God has a successful track record in your life and in your faith walk? I bet he does. I bet if you took time today to look back, you will see that God has been faithful to you with every single step that you have ever had to make. I'm thinking in this week's episode, I'm thinking about a man in in the Bible, way in the book of Genesis, which is the first book of the Bible, way to the left of your Bible, a man by the name of Abraham. You probably have have heard of him. If you have, you know, been serving the Lord for for a little while, you maybe have heard of him and named a man named Abraham. And in Genesis chapter twelve, I I just love I love this part of scripture and the faith of Abraham. And man, you know what? It just bolsters me as I look at the example that Abraham left for you and for me to say, you know what? I want a faith like that, that I, I, I'm going to trust God in my life and I'm going to look back and I'm going to see that he has a successful track record in my life. And, um, I can trust him. I can trust his leadership in my life. And even when I don't have all of the answers to my questions. I don't have proof necessarily that it's going to turn out. Maybe everything isn't all perfected and all of the stars haven't aligned, you know, and all the ducks are in a row and all of those types of things that you and I typically want because by nature, we we want comfort. We seek out comfort, right? Well, sometimes because faith has an element of risk to it, we're going to be uncomfortable sometimes in our faith. It's a part of following the Lord, right? It's a part of following the Lord. So Genesis chapter 12 and verses 1 through 9, I don't have time to read all of those scripture verses, but 
he's just an incredible man. And even, you know, he's, he's recorded in the New Testament in what we refer to as the Hall of Faith, um, because he's just this incredible man of faith. But in Genesis chapter 12 and verse one, it says this, now the Lord had said to Abram, later on, God changed his name to Abram, Abraham. But in this passage of scripture, he is still referred to as Abram. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse four, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. I love that. I mean, there is so much packed in just those first four verses. I, man, first of all, can we just say 75 years old <laughs> and he's still stepping out by faith? He's still following the Lord. He's still believing God for 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 great things and trusting the Lord with his life. And can you imagine at 75 years old, I bet Abraham could look back over those 75 years of his life and see God had a successful track record in his life. Man, what a test of faith for Abraham. How did he see and reach the land that God had called him to? Because remember, the thing that I really want to draw you to in this passage of scripture is the God said, the Lord said, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land I will show you to a land I will show you. Well, how did he, how did Abraham see and reach the land that God called him to? By taking the first step. <laughs> Ladies, by taking the first step. Abraham, you know, he's referred to as the father of faith. And what, like I said, a great model and example of what it looks like to trust God and follow where he leads you and me. He is so trustworthy. He has a proven track record and he is not going to lead you into a ditch. <laughs> He's not going to lead you down, down a dead end. He's not going to lead you into some place that's destructive and, and harmful for you. What he has for you it is a good plan. Will there be challenges and obstacles and giants um, and testings of your faith along, along the way? Yeah, there will be, because that's a part of living as a person of faith. There, it's not a red carpet. It's not tiptoeing through the tulips. But you know what? God can be trusted. So what are some actionable steps that you might be able to take this week? If you are, if you're sensing that you are in a season of change, you can feel like God is changing some things up in my life. Well, it, maybe you need to reach out and ask someone to mentor you. Is there someone a little further along in the area that you feel God is calling you to? Reach out to that person and glean from them. I would humbly encourage you to be prepared, ask, you know, like with some questions to be asked, and then go with a teachable heart 
and 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 ask your questions and lean into them because remember they're in the place right now they have some experience they've logged some miles in the area that God is leading you in right now okay so they've already taken steps to reach that place and so while you're maybe taking steps one and two they're maybe on steps you know 10 11 and 12 or, or whatever so go prepared with your questions and then be teachable and glean from their wisdom glean from their experience do you have to apply everything no no, because everyone's situation and faith walk and journey is different, but we can learn from one another if we are willing to have a teachable spirit. Is there is there a class that you can take? I mean, nowadays we can take classes online. If you you know if you can't find something in in your area that is you know within reasonable driving distance, take an online course. You know, you YouTube, <laughs> good old YouTube is full of different tutorials in in how to do things. You might even have community classes nearby that you can take for for a, a nominal fee and and can I just I don't know, a little side note. You know what? Invest in yourself. Be willing to invest in yourself. You might have to invest in yourself in putting some putting some money down to you know, to have a, a a coach in your life, a life coach in your life, to to attend a class, to participate in a course, to get a certificate of some kind. Invest in yourself and invest in what God has called you to. You know, I I'm just thinking back as I as I wrap up this week's episode. I'm thinking back to all of those years ago when I was first starting to take steps one and two. I had no idea how to build a website. I mean, <laughs> I had no idea. And I I knew that God was calling me into ministry. I knew that it was important to have a website so that I could send people to that website so that they could learn a little bit more about me and contact me and, you know, that type of thing. And so, and I, I didn't have, uh, I just, uh, I was just encouraging you to invest in yourself, but I had explored hiring a, a web designer and that kind of thing. And at the time, obviously, nowadays, those packages are considerably cheaper than they were, you know, all those years ago that I was first building a website. But back in that day, they were thousands of dollars and I did not have thousands of dollars. But you know what I did have? I had a laptop. And I had good old YouTube. And so I I built my website. Was it perfect? Was it was it beautiful? Did it have all the bells and the whistles? Nope. But you know what? It it garnered me a, a space on on the internet, <laughs> um, in the online space. It gave me something. Now it has improved. My website has improved over the years because I've continued to grow in my understanding to develop something a little bit more user-friendly and better for women that are visiting my website. Uh, did I know how to write a book? 
Uh, no, <laughs> I didn't. But I, I, I googled the, the steps in, in how to do things. And, um, you know, I, I discovered what, what software is out there that is going to help um, with the editing and, you know, just editing software that is reasonable that, yes, I'm going to have to, again, invest in myself, invest in my ministry, invest in this book. And so I'm going to have to purchase some editing software. What's available? What are my needs that way? Did I know how to, did I know how to host my first conference? Uh, no, <laughs> but you know what? I had attended a lot of conferences and so I, I learned from afar and, and I just began to implement things that would allow me to be able to host my first conference. And did I learn a lot? Yep. I often refer to that first that first conference as my guinea pig. <laughs> that was like a learning experience for me. Were there some disappointments? Absolutely. Here we are all these years later hosting She Rises conferences. And are there still disappointments? Are there still areas, opportunities for us to, to grow and to improve? Yeah. But the point is, is I'm still doing it and I'm still learning. I'm still growing and I I'm tweaking things and that's that's where it's at, right? That's where it's at. Did I know how to start a podcast? Nope, not a clue. <laughs> but again, I did some research. What is the equipment that I need? All podcasts need to have a podcast host. Okay, so what is a host and what are my options? How much do I have to pay? If you aren't aware to have a podcast host, there is a fee to that. So for me to have the She Connects podcast, I have to pay for this spot on the internet <laughs> for you to be able to connect with me in the online space in this podcast I have to pay for that and so what are the fees what are my options and so I, I just say all that to say we cannot take steps three and four and reach the, the place um, the land that God has for us you know referring back to Abraham's story if we're first not willing to stay, take steps one and two. And so what are some steps that you can take right now, today? All right. So I hope that this has been encouraging for you. Very practical. Again, just putting some tools in your toolbox. Come back next week for the last, the fourth and final installment in this mini series, Embracing Change. We're going to talk about faith has a voice. Faith has a voice. And then after that, just to give you a little sneak peek into what we're going to be talking about after this mini series is, is completed, I want to talk about, I want to talk about our minds. I want to talk about the importance of the thoughts that we think. Our mind is so powerful. The Bible talks about being transformed by the renewal of your mind. And so I want to I want to just spend some time talking about the power of our thoughts because where our thoughts go, so will we. Where your thoughts go, you will follow. And so it's important that we train our minds well to focus on what God wants us to focus on, to focus on truth, to be aware of when our thoughts are going rogue and when they're, you know, kind of out of control and they're not reflecting what is true. And they're, you know, sometimes thoughts can be uh, sabotaging. We can 
we can self-sabotage ourselves and, and the things that God is doing and calling us to in our, in our lives because of a mindset. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about your mind, the mindset, and, and just the narrative, how to reframe maybe a situation that you're in, how to reframe something that an experience that you've had, or um, how you are maybe looking at something in your life, because how you how you view something determines what you see. And so I'm going to give you some really practical tools in how to train your mind, how to well, essentially, mind your mind, <laughs> um, mind your mind. So really, really powerful. Um, we're going to be looking at some powerful transforming uh, passages of scripture that are going to help you in that area of your life. And again, the battle is always in our thoughts. The battle is up here. Um, the devil is after our faith, but he attacks us up here in our minds because a thought is what is what precedes uh, an action. A thought is what precedes uh, a behavior or or a decision that we're making or how we're looking at something. It first begins with a thought. So, all right. Have a great rest of your week. Stay well. Enjoy whatever season you are in in the naturals. Naturally speaking, again, we're in the beginning of fall, so beautiful weather. But I love you. I'm believing in you and I'm championing you forward in all the things that God has for you. Take care. I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.